I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. Welcome back to another episode of the Musky Hunks Podcast. I'm one of your five hosts this evening. Does that sound right? Five hosts this evening, Ryan Reed. We have four other hunks on the line and we have another special guest here tonight. So looking forward to this one. This is just a straight up BS session and an update from one of our favorite guides. So before we get into that, we have on the phone tonight, Mr. We're going to start with Mr. <laughs> Straight from Iron City Pantan, Mr. Nate. But a but a budget budget. Owen's not on. Somebody save me. We're, we're just rolling with what Zuzki. you got. Because if Owen to set the uh, ship straight, I don't know what to do here. Nate Bud. Love just the show. Ski at the end. Nate Bud. Nate Budsky. That works. Yeah. Just get rid of all them consonants in the middle. How you doing tonight, mumble, buddy? Mumble through those. I'm all right. I was a little emotional all day because uh, Yarmor Yager's jersey retirement ceremony got me. It got me good. <laughs> Yags. Yeah. That's the only jag I like. Disappointed you're not wearing a – should be wearing a mullet wig. <laughs> I'm saving it for the max. There you go. Well, it's nice to see your smiling face. We also have a, another hunk on the line here. He's currently, we're not going to say where, but he's on a big fishing trip right now. Our Western most correspondent that's not so Western right this second, Mr. Ryan Elizondo. Good afternoon instead of good morning this time since we're in the uh, central time zone. Good to see everybody. Good to see your smiling face. Sorry, I was on mute. We also have on the call tonight, Mr. <laughs> calling in from, I believe, the treadmill room, Mr. Bass Pro Shops himself, Donnie Swank. Good evening, boys. What are you going to tell us? Glad you showed up in the, the want to fish shirt. No, it's it's. Where's the fish? WTF? Where's, oh, where's the fish? The fish? Uh, this oh, okay. was a gift from my uh, my in-laws for Christmas. Oh, look at you sporting it. Yeah. yeah, I got all my bass gear on today. I got a little bass on my shirt. I got a bass on my hat. I'm ready to go. No discrimination in the swing household. So good to good to see your smiling face. <laughs> we we also have on the line tonight, Mr. Nick. Glad to be here. Excited for our guest. Good. Glad to see your smiling face as well. So who do we have on the call tonight? Who is our special guest? It's, it's, uh, Listen, I don't even need to give Greg an introduction, an introduction. I'd love, I'd love an intro what? An, an introduction, sorry, I, I'm, dude. I might be. I, I just explained to these guys that I'm in literally sugar failure at this present moment. I am having a low sugar, so I can't even pronounce introduction. So, 
We have on the left. Stirrups, stirrups and a, uh, <laughs> a leather strap. <laughs> we have on the call tonight the one, the only, Greg Thomas. Oh. How's it going? Good, man. Hey. What's Thanks up, Greg? Oh, it's going good. I'm just I'm driving back from the Milwaukee show, so hopefully I don't get pulled over. And if I did, that would be really funny anyway. But uh, I'm driving. I'm uh, on Highway 53, just right around the Hayward exits and um, going through Duluth. I'm driving back up to the northwest angle tonight, so that should be fun. And, uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to come on. I hadn't talked to you guys in a while, and we got the Pittsburgh Muskie Show coming up and fishing getting ready to start down south. Um, for me, I think, uh, you know, is anything happening in PA right now? Is anybody fishing or can anybody, is there a, I don't know, is there a season? Yeah, it's open. Uh, the water's not as open. All the like Northern lakes are skimmed over right now. We just had like a couple days of cold weather, but I was itching probably Saturday. I could have gotten out, but missed my shot. Not Saturday, Thursday. Yeah, but isn't, uh, I mean, don't you guys have some rivers and stuff that are open? I mean, is, is it, has anybody you see much on social media? Anything? A little bit, but, uh, but yeah, it's all on the rivers further south. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, I, oh, okay. I can yeah. tell you for sure. I mean, I've heard guys out fishing, guys are catching fish right now. You know, it's like, uh, I've heard a little bit from West Virginia, from Virginia. I've heard from guys here locally in PA. I mean, it's just, it just seems like that time of year to be on the river. So I, I won't, I won't speak for everybody, but this is my time to like, I gotta, I'm in full media mode. Like I'm doing stuff for New York and getting ready for, for PA. So I, I can't even think about fishing right now, which is a terrible thing. So I know, I know Swinky, if you, you're thinking about getting out, right? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, uh, you know, people out fishing on the rivers right now, and there's there's some fish being caught. I haven't uh, made it out yet this year, musky fishing, but I was out on in my garage all day today going through the motions, getting the boat prepped up from sitting for the last couple months, and I'm hoping to, to get out next weekend. That's the goal. Forecast looks promising. I think I'm going to be able to make it happen, so I'm excited. Yeah, I think, you know, from what I've seen, it looks like the forecast at home is, like, really nice, like 50s, 60s. Uh, I know guys are getting fish. I know Scott, uh, Salchi, and uh, a couple other guys down there have actually caught some fish already. And, you know, it's one of those deals that I think this year, with the way the weather is, and you can get out there right now, and it's kind of should be pretty good. I mean, water temps are already in the mid-40s, and, you know, it should be – perfect for uh getting some free spawn stuff that's awesome does, yeah. ryan does, what's, the, what's the what's the water temps down by you ryan elizondo yeah eli i know him as he, eli he he's he had to rush back from all right Sorry, he just ran back with a plate of food helper? no that's a steak prime rib <laughs> oh or, sorry yeah um, it's about 50 degrees down here right now. Oh, wow. Water temp? Yeah, water temp. 
I think the warmest wow. we saw today was 52. That's crazy for this time of year. I mean, that's, I think that's, that's gotta be warm, right? Am I, I mean, uh, that's gotta be, you know, it's gotta be early for that kind of water temp, isn't it? Yeah. And then, uh, we had a cold front the last two days and overnight it was like 20 degrees last night. Yeah. That sucks. I know we, uh, you know, it, it's been nice up here. I mean, I haven't been home to Kentucky in uh, about three weeks. Um, I've been up north the whole time. But, uh, you know, we've had not I mean, well, I'll tell you what, we've been having rain up here. So that tells you, you know, it's definitely warmer up here than what it should be. There's no snow uh, hardly anywhere. And the ice conditions on most of the lakes is just crap. So it's uh, it's really warm and and looking uh, looking like it should be an early an early spring. I mean, unless we get a you know some kind of late spring super cold, but um, it looks like it's going to be an early spring, which I think will be good for the northern part up here. I think down south though, I'm just afraid it's going to like trigger a little earlier spawn, and that's going to be you know maybe it'll do it and they'll get through it and get over it really fast. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I was going to ask. Does Cave Run typically get ice at all, or very it... rarely? We get it in the back bays. Um, okay, and and it don't last very long. I mean, it don't last more than. I mean, typically, man, it's like a couple, three, four days, and it go. I mean, it just you know, it's it's when we get those little cold snaps, it'll like barely freeze, maybe a half inch. If we we had one cold snap this year where it got pretty cold for like eight, nine days. And some of the real shallow stuff froze pretty good, like an inch or two, but then it rained and it all opened right back up again. So okay. um, we, I mean, you could fish all winter. I mean, I've, I've caught fish all winter down there back when I, uh, you know, kind of college days and stuff like that. When I could fish a lot in the winter, um, it's definitely, uh, doable and really good and i you know i still think it's the best time to catch the biggest fish down there um if you you know really put your time into it you know now in, in the winter down there are they just like babysitting shad balls in the winter to get those big ones um yeah i mean there's a lot of fish doing that and and to be honest you know i haven't fished it in so long in the winter time back when i was doing a lot of it that was you know, shoot, that was damn near 20 years ago, 15 years ago. And, you know, back when sonars were still really kind of rudimentary and, um, you know, we would get fish like open water trolling and, and, you know, but a lot of our fish were coming on jerk baits, just pitching steep shorelines with timber and, and stuff like that. That was back in the, um, the cop glide bait days and, okay. you know, slow suix, 10 inch jake, stuff like that. Um, I think right now, uh, I'd be really interested to see how, uh, we could do it by fishing more open water, uh, looking for those bait balls out there. Um, uh, and just some of the different baits we got now, I think you could really, you know, really do good. Um, you should start right now. I would have, I would assume we've got some, uh, a lot of your, your, your males coming up into the shallows, getting ready for spawn. I mean, especially in the mid, uh, that mid 40 water temperature wise, those fish should start moving right up into the bays and onto the flats. Um, 
you know, and I, I do know there has been a couple of mid forty spots. So that's definitely some females that are starting to start staging for spawn. Do you, do you find when the, when you get those males like up in the shallows that you can find the females kind of like adjacent, but a little deeper? Yeah. Typically they're just out a little bit or <laughs> maybe not, you know, what I've seen is that they may, instead of being back in the bays, you're going to find them either on the shorelines going in or out in the middle, actually, you know, in that open water section. Um, and then all of a sudden you'll hit this like three or four day period where there's big ones back there, you know, where I think the females have just moved in right, right before they start dropping eggs. And that's when you start seeing those fish get caught. And then it kind of gets really, uh, those fish in the back bays get really hard to catch because I think they're actually spawning. So you almost have to give up on those fish and go after the fish that are um, either going in or coming out of the bays. Um, you know, fish that aren't, you know, target the ones that have already spawned or going into spawn. I think that's the main deal. I think if you, you know, a lot of times, and I, and I was guilty of it too, spending too much time trying to catch those fish that are trying to spawn that just aren't eating. So um, concentrating on the deeper stuff, steeper shorelines, stuff going in and out of the bays versus fish that are uh, back in the bays. Uh, I, I think that's that was a common mistake that we made. And I think once I started doing a little bit different, you know, you don't see as many fish, but it seems like the fish that you do contact are trying to eat versus following or, or no you know, no action at all. So I, I'm, yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about what I want to ask you because this is like, <laughs> you know, we, I'm thinking about this and this is like the time of the year. Like I mentioned before, where I'm not necessarily on the water. I used to do a lot more Creek stuff this time of year. And sure. it's, you know, that's been my jam for probably the last four or five years and thinking about it now with the boat, like, I I've made the stupid mistake of winterizing my boat, which I probably will not do that moving forward aside from changing the oil. But it's not like I can't just take it, take her out of commission and throw her on the water. So, or put her back into commission. So it's like, I'm thinking about what you're saying about staying a little deeper, you know, in this transition that's happening. And I almost sure. feel like, I feel like for us, like if I take a reservoir that we all fish I feel like some of this stuff happens like late March to early April and that concept of like this weather change and like just having a completely different winter than we've had, like that kind of makes me feel like I should be starting to prep and get out there like early March, mid March, start checking things out. You know, is that so Greg, like how much of what you're doing, like you're from a technical aspect, like you're, you're one of the best fishermen in the country, you know, like I think about this stuff and I, you know, I, I love the road roll seminars and, and all of that, that you guys did, you know, what, how do you deal with like the, the, the weather stuff? Like, do you really take time and analyze like what you're talking about? Like every year, year to year, month to month, like how much time do you spend kind of analyzing how you're going to set up for, for the year or do you just have to get out there and see what's going on? Well, a lot of it's getting out there and seeing what's going on, but, you know, just kind of watching it, you know, I mean, this, this year's definitely been one of those, you know, what are they, they're calling this an El Nino year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, or as the Chris Farley bit was the Nino. Um, <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it's, 
still one of the best bits on Saturday Night Live. I am the Nino. Uh, but no, so like it, you're having this increase in temperature, you're having this warm, you're having this warm weather. So I mean, the calendar is is a good way to start. Okay, you know, so you're like, all right, this time of year, you know, you know, this late April, that's normally when we do this, and early March is when we do this. But I mean, water temperature dictates everything. Um, and how these fish are going to react. So I think you have a lot of fish right now that are kind of in this weird, you know, they're, they're thinking, well, it's warming up. So they're moving up and they're trying to, you know, they're starting to stage. I mean, that's what it is right now. Um, it's, you're seeing the same thing up north with the ice fishermen. You know, I've been up in the angle, the northwest angle all winter, basically, and traveling from there and, and just talking to a lot of the, the ice fishermen, the guys that have been doing it forever, and they're seeing it uh, with the walleyes and stuff is, you know, it's just been a tough, it's been a tough ice season, mainly because it's been so warm. You know, one, ice isn't setting up that great. And two, you know, you've got walleyes, you know, no, they're not staging where they normally do. You know, it's actually warming <laughs> up to where they think it's like the ice is getting ready to come off. So they're, you know, migrating or moving more than what they usually do. It, excuse me. And the same thing is happening. You know, the same thing happens down south with these fish. Um, you know, so if you get this warm weather, you know, right now, I mean, I, I wish we were fishing right now because I know that we could be catching them. Um, you know, I've already seen guys at, at Kincaid, some of the stuff over there, guys are getting fish. Um, so you're, you're starting to get that push of, of fish up shallow and, you know, it's fun. It's, it's, it's usually pretty good action because you're, you're catching the males that are up there and, you know, every once in a while, you're going to get a bigger female to slide up there, especially if they're, you know, if the baits up there, if the shad have moved up really good, but, uh, you know, right now you're at least going to get action and you're, you know, for me in the spring, what I like to do, you know, the numbers of fish are definitely, you know, shallow water. Uh, I love to short line troll early in the season, like in March, because I love trolling the big flats because the fish are just, you know, you can cover the water. You can, I can run six lines, put six baits down there and, and really strain the water good. But, you know, the, uh, the way that I've found bigger fish, like, you know, a, a more consistent big fish pattern, but less fish, you're more apt to get skunked is to do, you know, these steeper shorelines, um, you know, throwing the bigger, you know, the glide baits, twitch baits, stuff like that. Um, anytime you start seeing those fish, you know, the smaller fish in the backs of the bays, those bigger fish are just going to set up to move in there. And, you know, anytime you get weather like this, you know, those fish are going to set up and, 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 and do that. So, I mean, it, it just, to me, it just means things are going to get going a little earlier. So, like what you were saying, if it's typical late March, early April this year, I would, you know, I swear I would get out there as early as you can because I think you're going to start seeing some of these patterns take, um, you know, come to fruition really, really quick. And that's what I've heard a couple guys talking about, like targeting walleyes this time of year on one of our reservoirs, and they're already getting into muskies you know, like six or eight feet of water. So. Yeah, no, it's, they're going to, 
I think they're going to react to it. I've seen them do this before when we get these warm spells. You know, I've had some great days in February uh, before, like right now when we get these, you know, really warm temps because that's you're getting, for one, you're getting a bunch of fish that haven't been beaten up for a while, so they're very stupid. And, you know, so they're, 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 and I, I, I like to look at these things as like first run fish. So you've got your first run fish into the bays. So they haven't seen a lot of baits. They haven't seen uh, any pressure. So those fish are, are definitely apt to be a little more bitey uh, than fish that have been, you know, had a, a bunch of lures drug over their head, whether it be trolling or casting. And so you get that first run fish and you've probably got fish that aren't, um, I guess, aren't as bottom related is the way I would say it. Because even though those fish are in shallow water, um, you know, let's say you're fishing four feet of water, you got fish that, you know, in that water column there that don't want to come off the bottom to grab a bait. So you got to have a bait that's like glued to the bottom, even in four feet. So like a bait that's even, you know, if you're fishing that shallow water and you're buzzing something in that's a foot under the water, they don't want to come up and get it. Um I see that as we get closer to spawn, you got to have that thing right close to the bottom or they ain't going to expend any kind of energy, um, which and also makes them a little sneakier to bite, too. So, um, like, a few years ago, uh, uh, a guy, a, a friend of mine, was getting a lot of fish on jerk baits. It's, uh, you know, when the original Shum Shum was being made. And he was letting that bait, you know, most time when guys throw gliders, they're, you know, you, you like gliders that you can see, right? You want to see it go side to side. It's entertaining. And what he was doing was he was fishing that glider six, eight feet down, really slow, right near the bottom. And nobody was catching fish, but he was getting at least one or two fish a day. But it was because it was painfully slow fishing, keeping that glider as deep as he possibly can to where it was actually coming up at the boat. And, you know, in that deal, you just got to trust that your bait's doing what it's supposed to do down there. And it's something that I've added to my arsenal and actually getting those glide baits deeper um, in the springtime, especially when you start to get close to that spawn time. Uh, and it's amazing, you know, just fish that don't want to come up. They just they want to stay low. Uh, and that's kind of I've been trying to find more patterns like that. Um, I catch, you know, jig fishing, flipping jigs like flick flipping actual bass jigs has become something I, the last three years that I've done that, that is definitely proven successful. Um, but you know, that bottom, you know, trying to figure out in what zone, what column of the water those fish want to bite in is, is something that I've really kind of paid attention to in the last, uh, over the last four or five years. Cause I think it makes a big difference, uh, where that, where that bait is. No, I had a question. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, going back to like the um, the idea of spring coming earlier and the fish moving into position or shallow earlier, does that have a big implication on the, the rest of the season later on? Like, is that going to have a major impact on like the summer bites and, and how fish are acting later, later in the year? You know, I don't think it does. I think it, you know, the one thing that I I, I think it does is it actually speeds things up a little bit. So you maybe won't have that big, long um, post-spawn just kind of grog going on there. I think they might actually, because I think spawn happens over an extended period of time. It just, 
you know, when guys say they're spawning, you know, oh, the fish are spawning now. Well, you know, we fish in water that's kind of dirty. So, so I can, can you guys see the fish spawning on the lakes that you're, you all fish? A lot of the natural ones you can, if the, okay. you know, I mean, if the water's right and the, it has good clarity, but sure. a lot of them you can't. I never yeah, really we, have. Yeah, I, it, down where we're at, we usually don't have clear enough water to see it. I just, it's just a really good excuse when you don't catch one that day. Oh, they're spawning. Um, you know, it's 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 one of those things. But I think spawn happens um, not only over a period of time. I think it also is, it happens in different areas of the lakes or rivers at different times. You know, so like, you know, take Cave Run, for instance. I think the river section of our lake, uh, the fish actually spawn a little bit earlier versus the fish on the, you know, what we call our main lake section, the bigger water section. I think those fish um, spawn at a later time than the other fish. And I think it's trying to figure out and, and, and trying to know when that's going on, you know, uh, and planning that out to where you can, you know, go after fish that are, that aren't trying to go through the motions and spawn our fish you know, do they successfully spawn? Probably a little bit. Is it enough to keep a fishery going? No. Any stocked fishery, when they quit stocking it uh, and, and they just rely on natural reproduction, always tanks. It happens everywhere. Um, so especially in stocked fisheries, you need to, you know, keep replenishing that. I think you do get some natural spawn, but it's not enough to keep fishable numbers. Um so these fish in these areas, I've always looked at it as, okay, you know, uh, early on, I think, okay, this river section of it, these fish here are probably spawning now. I'm not even going to try to catch them. I'll stay on the main lake, try some of this stuff where fish maybe are still in the pre-spawn mode, and they're probably a little bit more active. And I've, I've got a better shot of actually catching one of these things. Um, and that's the way I always kind of look at it. I think with the warmer spring, I think it just sets up for better weed growth. It sets up for a more consistent bite. Um, that's the way, you know, I kind of look at it. Some guys, you know, when you, you know, I know guys up north that like a later spring because they think in a later spring on a lake like Malax, um, on a later spring, it keeps some of those big females in the bays where they're a little more, um, you know, they're more packed up. And so the, you, you have a, a higher concentration of fish in a smaller area and you get a shot at some of those nicer fish before they actually move out and, you know, go to the open water areas or disperse. Um, I personally, for the South, I like a warmer spring like this because I think it kind of gets things going and it makes things a little more consistent. You get a better wheat growth and uh, I think it just kind of gets things moving along. Do you have like a, I guess are you looking for like the warmest water all spring or is there like a certain water temperature that then you kind of change your game up? Yeah, not always. I mean, you know, I think like when you start like right now, I'm looking for a little dirtier water. That's, that's a little bit warmer. You know, I, I do like that, but once it gets up into that fifties, I don't really, you know, I don't really care. I, I, I would rather see it, um, you know, I would rather see, you know, and there's a difference between surface temp and, and, and actual water temp, you know, 
And it's the one thing that uh, actually having the forward-facing sonar, like a pan optics, you can actually try and you can actually find is, you know, with it, you know, those things have like a 15-foot cable on them. So, and I, you know, this was something that really helped me on Lake of the Woods last year is, you know, with that, you're able to, if you want to know how deep, what the water temperature is eight feet down, all you got to do is drop the thing over the side of the boat, let it sink to the bottom, and it'll give you that water temp. The transducer will be down there. Give it a few set, you know, give it a minute or two, let your graph adjust, and you'll be able to see that. And, and, and then you'll know, okay, you know, the surface temp might say 51, but when you hit bottom, it's 46 degrees. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. to me, that's still good water temp, uh, especially for pre-spawn fish. Now, I like, you know, I, I like that under 50 degree water. Once it gets over 50, then you start flirting with those spawning fish. And that's when you, you know, really got to start searching around for them. I was thinking about what you said there, Greg, about the weeds, because I, I go back to a year very similar where we had like kind of a, I'll call it an early spring. Um, it seemed like some of our reservoirs, like for some reason, the water clarity was just like super clear. And with that warm up, like the weeds took over and it was like, you guys remember, like I would say maybe 2021 ish, we had weeds on Pima tuning that were just non-standard, like some of the typical runs and trolling runs that we would do, like we were, the, the weeds were pushing us so far out you know, is that something you like with all the travels and, and things that you've done? Like, is that something that's pretty standard, like for a, an early spring type year where the weed growth is just like exponentially more than other sure. years? Sure. You know, and on Cave Run, we get that because our water color dictates by our water temperature. You know, when our water is cold, it's dirtier. It just the sediment doesn't settle out up really fast. As our water warms up, it gets clearer. I don't know if that's how it is on some of your reservoirs, but it definitely is for us. I mean, if you come to uh, Cave Run in March, you're going to say, well, that lake's pretty stained. Well, you come back in May, at the end of May, 1st of June, you can see 10 feet down. In places in March, you could only see two feet down. So when you get the warmer water temps, our water gets clearer and clearer as the water gets warmer. So when you do that, you're going to get more sunlight penetration and you're going to get better weed growth and you're going to get deeper weeds, all of which to me I love because the deeper those weeds grow, the bigger the fish that are going to, that it's going to crawl into those things. Now, the, the other part of that too is like the years that, that, that that's happened here in PA, it seemed like the casting bite really picked up strong. You know, like sure. guys were getting into areas that, that we wouldn't normally – casting and it, I don't know it just seemed like those things kind of go hand in hand and for someone like me like I don't really cast a whole lot you know I'm out there trolling it's like I don't know I just think about all this and and I've thought about casting more this year and with like an early spring and potentially different water clarity and weed growth like it just I don't know it feels like it could be a better casting year you know on some of these reservoirs it, like early it could be because you know and the way I think about that or the way I look at that is is you know, when it's, when you've got like a, a, a kind of a, you know, for lack of a better word, a shittier weed growth, you're trolling because you're covering water. And, and so over the course of the day, you're going to hit some of the better weed patches. That's just the way it is. So when it warms up and those weeds really start kicking and they start growing, you know, there's, there's, there's more good areas. And so they're going to congregate fish in there 
and you're probably getting fish that are congregating. You know, you'll, you'll find them on inside turns or on points or, or stuff like that, where casting might be a little bit easier because you can get your bait in there better um, versus trolling it where you maybe can't quite get your bait around the weeds that you want. Um, when it's a tougher year and the weeds are lower, you control right over top of them. Um, if they're you know up higher, you may not be able to troll them quite as effectively and you gotta, it, it may take a casting approach. I see it down on, you know, on cave run a lot, you know, um, when those weeds get really good, you know, casting, especially, uh, uh, baits like, you know, the soft plastics like tubes or we used to do really good on a bait that musk innovations made called a real fish. Uh, it was, a they looked like a, a, a real fish and they made a sucker one. And that thing was absolutely deadly in the spring like that because it would just, it was a very nose down bait. It would go straight down when you pitched it out. And uh, it worked great in the early spring working around these weeds. Also just standard dive and rise jerk baits really good um, for us. It really wasn't a bucktail or spinner bait bite. It was more of just a, a, you know, a stop. It was always a stop and go thing uh, versus actually running it down. And I think, you know, the better those weeds get, the more apt those fish will start setting up on, you know, turns and points um, versus those straight weed lines um, because you can't actually uh, you know, get your bait in those points and turns like you could if you're cast. Makes sense? Uh, yeah, that makes a oh, lot yeah. of sense to me for sure. I, I have a question for you, Greg. I, I think sure. maybe I think I heard this right. You have like kind of a hand in the like creation of the dying dog, didn't you? Oh, I made it in my kitchen. I uh, okay. Yeah, I made, I, yeah, I I did it out of clay. It was a it, it was yeah. It looked like a uh, the tool video for uh, uh, those creepy little dudes. What was that? What was the song? Sober. I think it was Sober by Tool. It looked like <laughs> those little fucking things. But uh, yeah, the original uh, the original name of it was Fugly. Uh, that's what I called it because it was the ugliest bait I'd ever made. But um, the first muskie ever caught on the dying dog, this is a true story, was it was after the Minnesota muskie show. I got back to the, I was, I, I stay on my, uh, we have a family has a houseboat down to Marina and I had made one before I left. I got back it was super late. It was like 1 a.m. And I just walk out on the dock and I, I mean, literally didn't even cast. I took the thing and I, you know, it was one of those deals. I was holding the flashlight in my mouth as I'm pulling it through the water to see what it looked like. And all, I mean, I put it in there, jerked it like three times and the water just went, just, blew. I didn't know if it was a muskrat, a beaver or what, the, you know, what the hell happened. But it was a 30, uh, 36 inch fish that just shot out from under the dock at one in the morning. Um, as I was popping it through the water, um, by the, by the dock, but, no, I no, I that that thing I I had the whole that was my baby that bait was. I, I guess I was curious. Like so, this time of year we always have up around me, we always have uh, like a, a big like panfish die off. Is that kind of like where like a, a, what you would envision like throwing that dying dog to imitate those? Well, what kind of panfish like are you talking about? On talking the surface to? and. Yeah, are you talking like bluegill? 
Yeah, no, that would be a perfect time uh, to do it. Um, it does have a really nice, just, just um, a flutter action to it. Um, and I tell you, the way the, the way that it's become super successful for me and other guys, um, Chase Gibson, who got the who had uh, the West Virginia State record there for a minute, uh, that caught it on a dying dog. Um, you know, it's the same deal. It's putting, you know, you just take one of those chaos weights, like a one ounce chaos weight or one of the half ounce chaos weights and put it on the front hook. And that thing, you can fish at a bunch of different depths and you get that nose down. It really gets a good tail kick to it. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a believer in small baits in the spring, big baits in the spring. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't think that makes as big a difference. I do run a lot of small baits um, just because, uh, for me, I think it's just a good way to catch fish and put fish in the boat, um, especially trolling, uh, but cast, and I'm not afraid to throw a bigger bait like that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't believe in the small bait rule in the spring. I just think that some baits are really good and some, you know, some baits are better than others. A lot of them happen to be small, but, you know, I've caught a lot of fish on hellhounds and suics and the dying dogs uh, in March, right along with, you know, casting rattle baits or trolling, uh, you know, baby depth raiders, little Ernie's tough sheds, stuff like that. So I just think it, it all depends on the situation. And if you got, you know, if you're having a panfish die off like that, I would definitely be throwing something, uh, some type of stop and go, uh, you know, whether it be a dying dog or, uh, some type of twitch bait, you know, the shallow, a shallow invader, anything to mimic that maybe in a brighter color, um, something to mimic that I, I I would know that the fish would probably key in on it because that's a, that's one of those things I never even like thought about and I was out there fishing one time and yeah, I just see a muskie come up and just like slurp one of those you know half dead crappies right down like like it was coming sure. to breakfast buffet yeah no I I uh, you know that's the thing in the spring and it, it's something that every year I you know, you, you learn more and more about these fish, the, the nomadic fish that really don't always relate to the structure. And, and some of those, and, and I've caught, uh, you know, I've caught quite a few fish in the open water in the spring. If the, you know, in the right bait situation adjacent to spawning bays and stuff. And it, it's still something I'm learning uh, to do. And, and I, most of the ones I've caught have been trolling. I haven't done a ton of casting at them, but I know it would work. I know that guys like Chad Harmon over in Ohio, that's what they're doing, um, casting those fish. But they have such a high population of fish. I think it you get a little more reward when you're dealing with a super high population like that. And uh, But I think if a guy really put his time in doing it, uh, he would probably find some of those really big fish out there and, but I, I think you would get, you know, you'd have to survive the skunk. Um, you know, you'd have to be able to put up with, with some skunk days to do it. And it's just whatever, you know, it's just kind of what you feel like at the time. You know, if, you, if you're not worried about going out and getting skunked, I, you know, I really think it, if you put your mind to it, you may, you might be surprised what you catch. My whole life surviving skunk days uh, sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of experience surviving, you know, like, you know, handling the skunk. Uh, no, I get it. I mean, 
And I think that's the thing with musky fishing. Everybody's afraid to say they got skunked. I mean, that's part of it. I mean, especially on some of these bodies of water. Um, <clears throat> me personally with guiding, you know, I, I'm just trying to catch fish for a lot of guys. Um, but, you know, depending on who I got, some guys don't mind it. And they're like, yeah, let's try it. Let's see what happens if we get, we might get a real big one. And, you know, the, the open water stuff like that, and even fishing the deeper patterns uh, in the spring and even in the summer, you know, I've got a lot of patterns that I really, really like, but it, you know, you just got to be willing to have guys that'll, you know, they can handle not seeing fish and then all of a sudden catching one because that's what it is. You know, you're fishing for low, you know, you're fishing at, uh, in areas that probably are low density, but have, you know, some, you know, the bigger fish in them and those bigger fish aren't going to, they're not going to follow. They're either going to eat or they're not, you know, I, you see that up North. Um, and I've seen it in Kentucky too, but you really see it up North, especially on lakes that have real deep weed edges. Um, and if you have lives, the forward facing sonar, you can really see it. You know, those fish will follow, you know, they'll follow that bait. And I'll say we got a weed edge that's 20 feet, 25 feet down. You got weeds that are growing maybe a couple feet off the bottom and you're using a bait and that bait's down there 15, 16 feet. Well, those fish will follow it. But as that bait comes up to the boat, they'll just turn off. Well, a lot of that's because of the warm water. You know, they're down there and that what they what I would what I would consider, you know, comfort zone. You know, they're down in that uh, maybe 70 to 68 degree water where they're like, this is nice surface temperature may be up in the upper 70s and they just don't want to come up there right and so if they're going to hit they're going to hit down and they're not going to come up to the boat so all your strikes are going to be on the cast or right when you change direction of that bait um, to bring it up i've seen it on a ton of those deep weed edge waters and you know but but fishing that way you just got to have people you, know, you got to have people committed um, to doing that you know, last year on Lake of the Woods, I had a situation like that where we got some warmer water temps. And I, so I started fishing the deeper reefs and we ended up catching. I caught my biggest, the biggest fish we got last year was a 53 up there. And that's exactly the way it came was on a deeper reef, on a tube. Um, but, you know, we caught two fish that day, two nice, a 53 and a 47. And I, we had like maybe three follows all day, but we got bigger fish. So I think that has a lot to, uh, to do with it. But, you know, again, there's another, you know, there's other days you don't get shit. So it's uh, surviving the skunk. I got a, I got a question, but we're going to, we would have to circle this one way back around. If you guys are nice. all right with it, we can, we can come back to the, the technical stuff, but I want you, you said you were on your way home from the Milwaukee expo, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm almost to Duluth, I think. Okay. So how, how was the Milwaukee show? You know, it was actually pretty good. Um, it was pretty consistent. We never got the big rush, which I, I enjoy that because the big rush is just like, ah, it's crazy there for like three or four hours. And then it's just dead. Um, we had a really good, like constant flow of people. Um, you could have good conversations and, uh, yeah, so it was good. A um, lot of baits, you know. I mean, uh, there was some cool stuff uh, there. You know, the uh, Beaver, the guy that makes the uh, Brian that makes 
lot of guys buying those. Uh, dogs, of course. There were people walking around with those. Um, Suic had a bunch of cool new colors. Um, there was, uh, you know, and it's funny because every one of these shows, you get the, you know, you get the smaller bait manufacturers that you don't see anywhere else. So you kind of get to see what guys are doing and, and playing with. There's a guy there that had some really cool um, months fishing. He had some really cool, like, um, like hand-tied fly, you know, castable flies that were really neat. Um, and just some, you know, the pandemonium tackle was there. They make a really cool cocktail. Muskie Mayhem had a, had a bunch of their stuff. I mean, so it's, it, it, it was a good show. A lot of people, um, and yeah, no, I, I thought it was actually really nice. It was really consistent with the crowd. And so that I really liked that. That's, that's one of the questions I had, cause I haven't really been able to make it out to like those Midwestern shows, like a Milwaukee I've done Chicago, um, but Milwaukee, um, any of the shows in Minnesota, like, I'm just kind of curious, like how do those shows compare with, cause you, you travel all around Greg, like how do they compare with like a musky sure. max? So with Max, you know, with Max, I tell everybody, you have a really great Saturday morning to early afternoon. You know, that's, I mean, because it's, the crowd is there and it's really fast, but, you know, Max really drops off in the late afternoon there and Sunday is always slow. Um, the, the other shows that, you know, like your Milwaukee, um, Milwaukee, Chicago, and, um, uh, Minnesota, like those three, it seems like you don't, you definitely don't have the rushes, right? You definitely don't have that really giant rush right at the beginning, but you have uh, almost a, a steady flow for most of the day. So for me, I like that because, you know, when you're, you know, I'm not selling the lure. I'm just there talking to guys about guide trips. Um, when it's a slower crowd like that, I can actually talk to people. When it's, you know, when it's when it's a really big rush, it's it's a little hard to, because there's just hello. Sorry, where your audio is cutting in and out there a little bit, but we got most of it. Oh my bad. Okay, <clears throat> sorry about that. Um, but no, I like. You know, the, uh, the the Max, like I said, it has that great, I mean, Saturday, I mean, it's like a running of the bulls when they open the doors on Saturday morning. And it gets, you know, a lot of guys in there buying stuff. Um, you just, you don't see that at the other, like your, your other Chicago, Milwaukee, and the Minneapolis show. You don't see that big rush like that. Um you see more of a consistent crowd. I mean, you get a nice deal when the doors open on Friday, but you don't get that. It's not as, as crazy. It's more uh, prolonged out throughout the day. That's really, um, that's interesting to me. And I don't know what, you know, what it is about that. I don't know if it's just specific, you know, vendors at these shows, like that draw people out like that. Swinky, go ahead. You got your hand up. Well, I got. I have a bit of a theory on that, and, and maybe Ryan E can chime in on this a little bit too, because I know he's fished out that way, and he's from the Chicago area. But I've taken a couple of trips out to Minnesota, uh, as you guys know, and one of the things that I've I noticed, and I'm sure uh, you know Greg can maybe chime in on this as well, but I feel like in our area, 
I'm not sure where it comes from or where it really started, but there's a lot of these uh, garage, if you want to say, basement builder guys. Uh, there's a lot of that, and there's a lot of uh, people that are, are really after getting these, like, custom baits, whereas anytime I've gone out to, like, Minnesota fishing and things like that, like, the majority of the stuff that I see the guys using there aren't necessarily – these super hard to get lures like, you know, most of those guys are throwing bulldogs, they're throwing medusas, they're throwing cowgirls and suics, and, and they don't seem to get as wild with baits as we do around here. No, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I think one of the reasons why you get such a, um, a crazy rush at the shows like in PA and Ohio, we'll get it too is because of, you know, the guys that make a lot of the baits, especially the, the garage or the, the basement guys, you know, they're only going to, they, people know they're only going to be available here, you know, and if they really like them or really want them, you know, and, and some of those bait companies uh, like that have a loyal following of collectors, you know, of people that just want to collect, you know, their lures. So they want to get a new one for, for each year and, and they get that. And, you really see it more out east than you do in the Midwest. Um, that's the only explanation I can have. So I agree with you on that wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, you you have more of the, you know, these smaller guys that have like a big cult following in the east versus in the Midwest. You don't see it quite, um, quite as much. That sort of explains why, like, we have conversations with guys out there and it just doesn't, there's always like a disconnect, you know, like it's, that explains all of it. It's like, why do you guys go to a, why do you get in line at a show the day before the show starts? Yeah. What do you mean yeah. you camped yeah. out in the parking lot? Right. What do you mean? You, what do you mean you did that? Well, you know, that <laughs> <laughs> was, was something to do. Yeah, um, exactly. No, it's, it's, but I mean, you know, you don't have, well, you do have the the basement guys, but it just isn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just isn't the same as what you see in. You know, the only guy that I know that really kind of has that cult following, I guess, would be your True Glide. Um, and a lot of his stuff to me is like works of art. You know, that stuff looks amazing. It definitely is. You know, it's definitely better paint jobs than I could do. <laughs> it's uh um you know you see it in his booth you get that rush um i know in chicago that you know this year the red october guys had a bunch of the the bogs custom painted tubes and you know it was a feeding frenzy when the when the door opened on those things um but you don't you know it's not like a uh a, a baker or a wiley or um some of the glide bait guys, you know, out East that you see that sell out in like, you know, 78 minutes or something. Um, you don't really see that. You had mentioned bogs. Like, I feel like, man, I feel like bogs. That's one of those builders that you always hear about. You see them at shows like guys. I feel like he has there's the a... best ponytail in the business. <laughs> <laughs> that man, that man knows how to rock a ponytail. I like it. Um, 
you definitely know he listens to Leonard Skinner. Yeah. You, you, you know it. Um, yeah, no, I think Jeff is one of the best painters there is for soft, you know, and, and you know, I haven't, you know, I only know him from soft plastic and Jeff's from my area. He doesn't live too far from me. Um, and just a really good, I think I just ran a red light, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, I'm just following the car in front of me. Um, and he, yeah, I mean, you can pretty much, and that's a, that's the thing now with these soft plastics. I mean, man, you can go out there and you can have on any soft plastic bait, any kind of crankbait paint job you want. You know, that's something that was, you know, for uh, the longest time was impossible. And, and Jeff, man, the stuff he paints, I mean, it is some pretty, pretty awesome looking stuff. Um, my biggest fish last year that, uh, that 53 on the woods came on one of his tubes, uh, a, a Boggs tube. And, uh, yeah, I just, I love that shit that he makes and he is, uh, he is so good at it. Uh, yeah, I, I did a little thing on Muskie Hunter Facebook last week just to kind of spotlight some of his stuff. Cause he just is, he is really, really good at what he does. That's super cool. I think he's going to be at Musky Max, right? Yeah, Maybe. doesn't he usually come to that? Him and his wife. He usually um, does, but I haven't checked the I haven't checked the roster here today, so I can't remember if I saw Boggs out there on the site. Or not. I bet you, I bet you he'll be there. Um, he usually is, and uh, I'm sure he'll have a. Uh, I'm sure he'll have uh, quite the display like he normally does, and. He just, uh, yeah, I mean, to make soft plastic baits look, you know, look the way he does. I mean, it's a, it's a true art form. I mean, you know, anybody that can paint like that gets, gets my respect. Everything I paint looks like a queef that took a, had taken shape. It's, uh, yeah, that's hard. That's hard to imagine. <laughs> well, there's a lot of splatter and the edges aren't very consistent. Um, it's, uh, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's never very pretty. Um, yeah. Just think gonna... about that for a minute. <laughs> Here's a question for you, Greg. Like, do you, how do you like to run your tubes when you're throwing tubes? Well, you know, it depends on what I'm doing with it. Um, the last couple of years, I've really gotten into putting the blades on the back. Okay. Um, I'm a big believer in, um, especially in shallow water, uh, in in a bait with with a with some drag to it. And what I mean by the drag is it not with your reel. I actually just mean the bait itself. Uh, you know, you take a bait like. A, take a bait like a bulldog or a medusa you know those tails back there are like a parachute meaning when you stop that pull there's some type of drag that actually slows that bait down with a tube being cylindrical the way it is there's nothing to slow that bait down so a tube will still continue forward motion when you jerk it and i think that's where people miss a lot of fish is because the you're still on slack line when that fish bites versus a dog or a Medusa that actually has slowed down a little bit where it allows you to catch up to it. 
So I really like running a blade. You know, I've really gotten into doing the blades. The problem with the blades is that, or the only problem with it is it takes away from the natural glide of the tube. So it doesn't hop around quite as erratically. Um, it, it works amazingly though. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> if you still want to keep that, that hop around and that glide, the one thing I, I, I did, I, I guess probably about five years ago, I started screwing around with it is just taking a Kalen grub or like a five inch Kalen or something and threading it on that back hook. So you kind of get a little bit of a tail back there, a little twister tail. And it's just enough to, uh, to kind of slow that thing down a little bit and you don't, it doesn't hamper the action to where you, it doesn't take away anything of it actually jumping around underneath the water. Um, which I think makes a big, uh, big difference with it. But with, with tubes, you know, if you're fishing shallow, I like to use, you can either use the shallow rig, um, which is the casting rig where it, where it sticks right out the nose of the bait. Those work really well. They work. And I, and I like them too. I started putting chaos weights on the front so that it would actually get a little bit of a nose down and it wouldn't roll then. One of the issues I always had with the, through the nose is the bait would roll sometimes. By putting that chaos weight on the front, it uh, it almost keels it, makes a little bit of a keel, and, and and keeps the hooks downward. I think that helps. Um, and I, I I do a lot of shallow water stuff with them by you know jerking the rod straight up. I do a lot of up jerks with those tubes um, to keep those baits high. Last year I really got into ten foot rods, and it made a huge difference trying to fish those baits in shallow water because. With a 10-foot rod, boy, you can keep that tip up. And the higher you can get that tip, the more that the more that bait's going to stay up there as well. And you can really walk it down structure, keep it up over stuff, and it does a it does a really good job. Now, if I'm trying to fish them deeper, um, I like short pulls, you know, something little one to two foot pulls, little hops. And because no matter what you're doing, um, you know, when you're up in the boat you know, you're stationary, the tube's sinking. Hopefully you're not sinking while working the tube because then you got other problems. But when you're working that tube, you're going to be up. So no matter what, if you do a long pull, that bait's going to come up, all right? It's not going to dive down. By doing short little one to two foot pulls, that bait's never going to really start raising and it's just going to keep digging until it gets close enough to the boat where it comes up. So to get those baits deep, you know, if I'm fishing deeper, I like little short pulls. If I mentioned shallower, I do like the longer pulls. <clears throat> See, that, that, makes that makes a lot of sense to me. And I don't, again, I don't cast a whole lot. Like it's I have of the beard. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm so happy that my beard is bringing so many people so much joy. It, it looks like you should be protecting carrots. It's, it's, <laughs> I thought you were saying it should it. be predicting the weather like a groundhog. No, 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 I'm like garden gnome. Like you're just like, get yeah. out of here, aphids. Um, yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> I, I think that that whole like tube thing, though, that's that's something that's been intriguing to me. Like I remember Ken Trail doing a seminar recently within the last year or two at one of the shows. Might have been New York two years ago. And just kind of like all the stuff that's out there about, about the tubes, whether it's, you know, bogs or red October, like that's a very interesting, I guess, approach to this thing. Like 
I, I used a lot of tubes when I was bass fishing, but I never really like, it's the same thing. Like I, I cast, you know, I, I could wind drift for walleyes and jig like all the time. But then as soon as I start musky fishing, a lot of that stuff kind of goes away and I don't have the same motivation to do that. But that information well, on the look, tubes, that, that makes me want to try it even more. I say it every year. Well, the, the, you know, with bass fishing, you're kind of taught as it's finesse, right? And musky fishing is more of just a power, you know, stubbornness. And I think, oh shit, that's green light. Um, the, uh, I think it's, it's the finesse is something once you start looking at it, you know, something I'm going to try this spring that that's really got me intrigued. It's a, a new thing I want to do. And I know it's working. I know guys are catching fish doing this is, um, you know, on Green Bay, one of the big things is snap jigging for walleye where they use like rattle baits, um, the rip and wrap rattle baits, the three inch rattle baits. And they're just, you know, they're letting them sink to the bottom and just ripping them, letting them fall, ripping them, letting them fall. And I know it'll work for muskies. I got a friend, uh, Andy Shearer. If you guys don't know who he is, Veteran Guide Service in Illinois. Uh, check him out. He's he's kicking ass. Um, but he got on this pattern on the Fox Chain of Lakes, fishing these rattle baits with spinning rods, and just absolutely in the fall killing fish, um, doing it. And especially for fish that aren't one. I think it'll be a great. Remember, I was talking about when those fish are relating to the bottom and they don't want to come up, I think it'll be a great pattern for those fish that don't want to come up, that you just, you know, stay and, and beat them to death there, you know, something subtle that's just laying on the bottom. It's the same thing I do with the two, with the, um, with the flipping the jigs. It's kind of the same principle, but you have the rattle bait, so it's a little bit louder, a little more uh, noticeable. So I think, you know, the little finesse things like that, when we start adding that to musky fishing, I think really does help versus the whole, you know, chuck and wine, chuck and wine. You know, I think it has a lot to do with it. Yeah, that's interesting. Like I've, I've done some of that with, with the rattle baits, but again, you know, like casting for muskies, like this time of year, I like rattle baits early spring. I like rattle baits. But going back to that jigging thing, like I used to do that just messing around for bass, you know, like out on my local lake, we'd rent like a paddle boat and go off there and just mess around. And like, that's another thing. I feel like that would be, that sounds like a, it's just like a fun way to fish for me. You know, that light type spinning gear with the, the smaller type baits. Might have to give sure. that a shot. Might have to give that a shot this, this year for sure. Yeah, it's one of those things, too, you know, I mean, with all things musky fishing, you know, you don't get the reward as quickly as you do in bass fishing, right? You know, it's it's not like you're going to go out and catch 20 of them. You know, you get you get a lot more reward bass fishing for what you're doing. But with the musky, I'm driving over the St. Louis River right now on one of the bridges. This is a big bridge. Um, this used to have muskies in it. I used to fish that. I fished this thing one time. I remember a story about this uh, river right here. It's I'm right over top of the St. Louis River where it, where it goes into Lake Superior, um, into Duluth Harbor. I'm looking okay. at Duluth Harbor right right now. And this had some. This this is where I don't know if you guys remember about 15 years ago that giant tiger was caught. Um, Dustin Carlson's client caught it. It was like a 48-inch tiger with a 29-inch girth. Holy it was shit. absolutely stupid. 
this giant tiger and it was caught here out of the system and we had a pmtt here i didn't fish the one that was here but it was like 46 boats and 72 fish were caught uh, three or four over 50 well then they had a giant flood here in duluth when i say a giant flood it was like eight inches of rain in four hours and of course i fished it after the flood and everybody's telling me about all these great weed beds well all the weeds got washed out and the weed edge was only in about two feet of water in this thing but and i've heard it's been coming back in here but it's super dark water um it used to be, it was such a good fishery there for a while. I think some of the local guys still are starting to get fish back again, but this place used to just be absolutely filled with it. And uh, we were talking about something else and I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, what the hell were we talking about? Greg, you started talking about rattle baits and that was kind of one of the tactics that you guys have talked about a lot for cave run and some of the Southern. Sure. And with the the earlier spring coming, a little warmer water, how is that affecting you guys? And are you guys already starting to see that bite start down there? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that bait is that bite is already happening. And um, I know guys, the guys I know that have been fishing, that's what they've been catching fish on. Um, you know, that bite has already uh, um, already been going and. You know, I, I, I just think, you know, my only worry is that we're going to, by the time we really get to, you know, you know, mid-March when it's usually starting, I think it might be ending with these water temps as warm as they are now. But we'll, uh, we'll see. Who knows? We might get a couple cold fronts in and really, you know, cool the thing down. Um, you know, what are you seeing right now, uh, Eli, down there where you're fishing? We're seeing 50 degree water temps. Uh, we ended up getting one on rubber yesterday, um, losing a couple today. Um, but it's been a massive cold front. So it's kind of got the fish in a little bit of a funk, but this week's supposed to look really good. What kind of rubber? How long are you fishing? Uh, we'll be here all week till Friday. Oh, wow. That's good. Uh... Yeah. How's the, uh, uh, is, is your water clarity pretty good? Have you had much rain or? Uh, there's quite a bit of rain just before we got here. Uh, it's probably about maybe a foot, foot or two of visibility right now. Sure. Sure. That's, uh, and you still got, and you got fish to hit some rubber, huh? Yeah. We had one hit rubber. Uh, we got one on, I got a bite on a glide today and another bite on rubber. Oh, all right. What, uh, yeah, the question that they had asked there, what, what kind of rubber are you throwing? Oh, it's a good friend of ours, Mr. Brady Marks. Got that on a Colombian Bam Bam. <laughs> Colombian Bam Bam. I, I, uh, I heard of that, but not in that, that, uh, <laughs> that perspective. You don't, throw, you don't throw in the water? No. No, no. I, I knew a guy that liked the. Yeah, I, I knew a guy that liked the way it smelled. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, what? Uh, is, so is those the bam bait? Is that the bait? The PA bait? Yeah, Bra Pennsylvania. Yeah, Brady. Yeah, Brady Martz. Yeah. I think he was. Oh, okay. He was Brady. at the Milwaukee show. Right, he's gonna no, be at the Wausau. 
Wausau. Okay. Yeah. Wausau, yeah. Wausau. Yeah, no, he wasn't at Milwaukee. Uh, yeah, those baits seem pretty cool. I'd like to in in um, in PA. I doubt I'll, I'll get one because he'll be sold out in seven point three minutes. And um, but I would like to get some of those and try them because um, I, I had some some guys I know in Wisconsin that fished them last year that did good. And, uh, I think there's some some applications for them. Uh, uh, at Lake of the Woods too, by by what they were telling me, so uh, they were doing pretty good. That's a you know that's a that's a flat belly double tail bait, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. All right. So even in that dirty water, the fish were able to to key in on it. Well, that's were you jerking? I mean, were you giving it real big pulls or just kind of slow pulls or what? Kind of slow jerking it, shorter pulls, fishing yeah. pretty tight cover. Yeah, well, that makes sense, and they could probably key in on it a little bit easier. Uh, in that, uh, in that. So, what'd you catch your fish on yesterday? That's what that fish was caught on. Was on one of those, the bowfin. And it, it's oh, nice. surprisingly, usually, it's kind of been more of a a rattle crankbait bite, but we haven't seen anything yet on that. Did you catch it? Or did did Reby uh, snucker you out the back of the boat and get it? No, no, he let me catch it for once. Nice. He's a nice man. Sometimes. Um, sometimes. Uh, well, that's uh, well, that's cool. You guys might be hitting that pretty good down there, though. Um, yeah, it should turn with on. The, with the temperature. Well, at least Ruby put his shirt on this time when he walked by the camera. That's good. No one, <laughs> no one wants to see. That was me. No one wants to shirt on. <laughs> oh. Oh, I was going to say, no one wants to see that much skin. You mean that many nipples? Yeah. I mean, that's, you need to get that one checked out. That thing's odd-shaped. Um, that, yeah. yeah. that one that looks like Florida, don't – yeah, that one needs to go to the doctor. <laughs> go to the doctor. Oh, that's, a, that's not a good-looking one. Um but no, you guys should do good on that. That that's you know that that's another thing. You know, fishing the rubber and the soft plastics in the spring. That's some you know, Eli, kind of what you're saying. It was something that we really didn't do for a long time, but it's something that guys are starting to play with. And um, I did. I used to catch some fish on uh, before the non before he made uh, the non weighted bulldogs. Um, I would you know you could cut the weight out of the heads of them and kind of melt them back. Uh, I actually had some nice fish on Green River on those, but you know, it's just something that I don't know. I it's just something I, for whatever reason, I just kind of stopped doing it. And you know, looking back, it's like, well, what the hell's wrong with you? Um, but I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. The swim baits, the paddle tails, you know, there's so much. There's so much going on with the soft plastics right now. I love it. There's just a ton of new shit out there. Um. And as hey, has Reby been fit, or have you seen those uh, those uh, Berkeley glide baits? Those those jointed soft plastic Berkeley glide baits. I think I I've seen personally. ads for those, but I haven't seen one in person. Uh, they've got them uh, up here. Team Rhino's got them, and um, Thorns has them. I, I pick some up. I just want to try. They look really neat. Um, if they do what they look like they should do, 
I think that could be an absolute murderer in, in clear water um, for these fish because they look, I mean, they've got great paint jobs on them. And if they glide the way that, you know, supposedly they do, um, I think that could be an absolute killer um, this spring. Last year, I did really good on um, just screwing around. Savage makes those shining glides. Have you ever seen those? Normally, you find them in the discount bin uh, at uh, any of the big tackle stores. Um, but they're like a fish-shaped glide bait. And those things, God, last year, I got onto a bite with those and just absolutely smoked fish. Um, they're, they, 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 they just... They look like an actual shad or a bluegill or, or whatever, but and they're super easy. You can just work them with the reel, throwing them on like heavy bass rods. And uh, I was just amazed. And the fish that we caught on them, you know, they weren't just nipping them. They were swallowing them and uh, just kind of a neat thing. So I'm kind of getting into some of these uh, oversized bass swim baits, the glide baits that they make, not the real expensive ones because I ain't going to pay that much. But the, uh, you know, the really, you know, the more natural looking glide baits um, or something that I've been playing with. That's what I think a lot of those are meant to imitate, like the gizzard chad and stuff like that. So makes sense. Yeah. No, no. And they look they look really good in the water. They're easy to use. I was able to give them to just about any of my clients. And, and just with the reel, they'd make them glide. I was I was really impressed with them. I was actually shocked at how well they did. You just couldn't really upsize the hooks or it would kill the action. You just, you know, go to a lighter rod, go to a bass rod, and that's that was perfect. They worked really good on bass tackle. Uh, factory hooks are beefy enough to hold up? At least a yeah, if bit. you go to a lighter rod. If you, if you use yeah. it on a musky rod, you're going to straighten them, okay. and you're probably not going to get a good action out of the bait. Um, now, the 9-inch one, you can. Those have big enough hooks on the 9 inches to do it. But like the, the 7 and the 5-inch, the smaller guys, you got to go with a, uh, you got to go with a lighter rod. Yeah. I, I was throwing it on the same rods. I threw the rattle baits on. So, you know, 65 pound test, um, light six inch leader. Um, yeah. And a, and a, and a tippy, uh, heavy bass rod is what I threw them on. They work great. Okay. So, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it's, you know, good stuff i'm i'm getting excited i'll be like i said i'll be on the water probably end of uh not this week but end of next week right before the the max i hope to get out the day before like on thursday sometime before i leave for the max on friday so i'm uh i'm looking forward to it well speaking of speaking about the max what are you uh what are you looking forward to most there different venue this year it's going to be a little little different but we're we're pumped yeah, no, I think it's going to be a good show. It always is. You know, I, I look forward to giving Dale Wiley a lot of my money. Um, <laughs> I look forward to uh, it just, you know, all these little shows like this, all these smaller, you know, not even the smaller shows, all the shows in different regions always have niche baits, right? It always has, you know, I, I get to see, um, I'm sure I'm going to buy some Leos. I, you know, the, the, those Mojo shads have been great for me. I caught just a shitload of fish on those baits over the, you know, ever since he started making them. 
uh, I'm sure I'll be, you know, and, and Todd, he's got so many colors on those stupid things. And uh, I'm sure there'll be a new color there I'll find that I got to have. And, and just going around to some of these booths and seeing what guys got and seeing what I, you know, need to have or, you know, impulse buy something. Um, I really enjoy just doing that. And so that's kind of what I like about the Max and, and stuff. So, and I think I'm going to actually be speaking there this year. I you know Sean asked me any, so I'm going to put together a little seminar for it, namely just talk about kind of some of the stuff we did here tonight. Just talk about some of the tube stuff, the glide bait stuff, and, you know, uh, just some patterns and retrieves that worked really good for me last year. I was going to say, are you, yeah, I was going to ask if you're going to be on the, giving any talks or on the guide panel or any of that. Yeah, I think I'm giving a talk on Saturday. I, um, I think that's what Sean's got me down for. We, uh, we were texting last week and I think that's what we're going to do. Um, I'm ready for it. If I'm ready, if he is. So we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll get something together. We'll try and get all our listeners to just shout out the most outrageous questions for you. That would be <laughs> awesome. That would be <laughs> awesome. Just the most, you know, the most off the walls to which way, what direction do you like your bucktail blade spinning? What Why color should I paint my bathroom? What color, what, 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 color, what color tile should I have in my shower? <laughs> I don't know. Should, should I marry my cousin? Yes. It'll save money. It'll save money on the wedding. One family. So it's, that's perfect. Oh, uh, this is a, this is a thing now. We're going to, we're going to go to the uh, drawing board and come up with some of these for you, Greg. Yeah. Exactly. No. What kind of mustard do you like on your hot dog? Um, <laughs> do you have any gray poupon? Do you have any? Yeah. Yeah. It's not mustard. God damn it. Um, yeah. No. That would be. That would be. Nothing would make me laugh harder than that. Actually. Um, but uh, no, it should be fun. I always enjoy it. I. You know, that's always a fun show. Um, as long as there isn't a snowstorm on the way up there, because driving through some of those places in west virginia i just in the snow we've had some doozies um i think the word one of the stupidest ones though is me and tony get up there and we had our trailer attached and i don't know if you guys seen it or not dale uh todd young was there and oh god it was so fun it basically shows how retarded i am we uh we get there we drove five it takes about five and a half hours to get there we get there and we're taking stuff out of the trailer. And this was at God, what was the place where you pulled up and there was kind of a loading dock in the back where it was like it was like a step up into this loading dock. It was I can't remember where that place was or which one it was, but there was actually like a loading dock. And I got out of the uh I had my big booth in the back of the trailer. And as I wheel it out of the trailer, the whole trailer comes up in the air. So when we put this thing on and locked it, we locked it on top of the ball. Oh it God. wasn't connected. We drove five hours with this thing not even connected. It was Jeez. just on there with the weight of the trailer. It was the only thing holding this thing on the truck. Oh, that's yeah, that insane. You're way luckier yeah, than whole, I am. The whole trailer <laughs> come up in the air. All I could do was just start laughing really hard because it would have been 
I would have just, I would have loved to see Tony. We hit a bump in the trailer passes, and Tony be like, "Well, that's fucked up." Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the only thing he would say. Dude, like coming up through West Virginia too. Like that's not. You're not talking like oh, flat. Yeah, it's not the plains. No. no. Oh yeah, no. We had another time. We had a trailer. Another time, I had a trailer almost come off. We were. Um, where were we going? I don't know. We were somewhere in Wisconsin and Tony was behind me. I was in the front driving the trailer. All of a sudden my, not the, um, the, um, the bolt didn't, it didn't come off the ball. It ripped the entire hitch out and the trailer, the only thing holding the trailer on was one safety chain because we're very safe. And this thing was going side to side and hitting the taillight, knocked both taillights out of the truck oh, and is going up on its side on two wheels. <laughs> that was really fucked up. I was going to say, that's, <laughs> that's kind of similar. I've seen my one friend twice didn't put the, the pin in for the, like, Reese hitch. Oh, towing, yeah. the, towing the boat and then the boat comes you know the hitch slides out and safety chains are the the savior of the day but oh yeah no i've seen oh yeah no it's it's really stupid uh and it makes a lot of noise when uh when you have that happen but uh yeah no that was that was really fucked up swanky swanky you had a question well, one of them, uh, Greg actually answered while he was talking there. I was going to ask just how far Cave Run is from, you know, the Pittsburgh area because I've never been there. I know you have, Ryan, but I have not. And then uh, my follow-up question to that was, uh, do you have any availability uh, down in Cave Run this spring, Greg? Or are you already basically all booked up? No, I got some time. I always got time. We can uh... – you know, I've got some time myself and plus for some of the guides. Um, uh, it's it's a five-hour run, five-and-a-half-hour run from Pittsburgh. It's pretty easy. It's all interstate. Uh, I think it's 79, right? 79 straight through West Virginia to uh, um, down to 64 in Charleston and, and straight over. It's a, it's a real easy deal. And what I, what I got down there, Tony has his lodge. I've got cabins. Um, I got two cabins that are about, oh, from Crash's Landing, the bait store, about three miles from Scotts Creek Boat Ramp. They're about five miles and uh, really nice cabins. They sleep, uh, um, you can sleep four if somebody else wants, you know, somebody doesn't mind sleeping on the couch. There's three beds in each one. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice little time. And what I got going on, it's eight, you know, for eight seventy five. It's a, you know, two guys can come down, you get two days fishing and two nights of lodging for that price. And uh, so it's a nice trip and we provide everything. You don't have to bring nothing. All you got to do is have a Kentucky fishing license and, you know, your food. And other than that, as far as fishing wise, we, we provide it all. That's a pretty sweet deal. Man, I, uh, yeah, it's a me and that my buddy, like a great weekend for me and another hunk. If anybody wants to volunteer. Well, I was just going to say that's been on my list to get back down there. I, uh, my buddy Dan and I came down for a spring fling years back and I hung out at the lodge and you guys had all, everybody was in just kind of hanging out, drinking beer and 
It was a, it was a good yep. time. That was a good time. I, I, I enjoyed that. We did not, we did not do well in two days, three days of fishing. It was like, we pulled up down there. It was like March and it snowed as we pulled into the ramp. And, uh, well, that's we, had always no, the best. we had no idea what we were doing and we did the rattle bait thing and a number of other things. And I think we contacted one fish in two or three days down there, but I've been itching to, to get back down there, especially like we did the Scott's Marina thing. Uh, we spent a good bit of time, but I can't remember the one Creek arm that we were in with all that. I mean, uh, I know there's timber everywhere, but the one area Chaney. we yeah, I was Chaney, I think. Yeah, Chaney it, Creek is just loaded with timber. It's not a good place to go when it's windy. No, it was that was something else, man. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> it was pretty oh, wild. Oh yeah, it's a bastard when it's um, when it's windy in there, and it's just yeah, there's trees literally everywhere in there. You guys are hosting the PM one of the PMTT events again there, aren't you? Yeah, we always usually do the one that starts us off. It's going to be at uh, the last weekend in April. It's usually uh, um, with this early, you know, if we keep this warming trend going, I think it could be really good. It's probably going to, it should, you know, push the fish through all their uh, dorky phases and, and get things going with good weed growth and, so yeah, no, I, I think it'll be really, uh, really nice. So yeah, that's, uh, the last weekend in April. So I'm looking, uh, looking forward to it. I like it that they've been pushing it a little bit later. I think it, the fish are a little further along. And do you guys have usually have much availability then as far as like lodging and stuff for anybody's um, the lodging for the PMT, it, It's, uh, no, I mean, it fills up pretty good. I mean, like, my cabins are full for it already. I think the lodge. Tony has a lot of guys that come every year, um, you know, that come back every year, and they kind of just, you know, he always gives them first rights of refusal. I don't know if he's got anything open or not. And uh, But it's a good time. I, you know, I've always said the PMT is a great thing. If you ever, you know, have the ability to fish it or have the time, the finances, whatever, to fish it, um, I encourage it to everybody because if you want to learn a lot really quick about different areas and different structures and different bodies of water, um, it's a, it's a great way to see what all's out there. And, you know, trust me, everybody says, you know, 30 inches is, you know, how hard is it to catch a 30 inch? Well, you do it in a tournament in two days. I'll tell you how goddamn hard it is to catch a 30 inch sometimes. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty goddamn annoying. Um, uh, so it's, uh, it's a fun time though. I, I really encourage you guys to try it because you really do learn a lot. You meet a lot of cool people every once in a while. You'd be an asshole, but, um, uh, you know, you meet a lot of really cool people and you learn a lot, make some friends. Um, I've met some of my best friends doing it. So it seems like an awesome, you know, tournament trail someday. I hope, yeah, hope no. to do it, but. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun, and you get to, you meet people from all over, and uh, you know you learn. Like I said, you just learn a ton. I've I've been fortunate enough to learn a ton from it. So, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot of. I'm fishing again with a guy from your all's area, Rick Hoover, from up in PA. So me and Rick are doing it again this year, and um, looking forward to it. And you you fish most of the events throughout the year, don't you? 
Yeah, I, we fish them all. Um, last year we uh, we caught fish. The only the only tournament we didn't catch fish in was the Cave Run one. Um, Rick lo- <laughs> Rick lost one um, the first on the second morning. He lost one on a uh, one of the Toothy Tufts, the Savage Eels, uh, okay. the guy at West Virginia um, bait uh the second morning and then um but we ended up we caught a fish in madison uh then we i think we placed fifth i think we got fifth at vermilion uh at that tournament and then the championship on the on the flowage we got big fish for the tournament a a 50 incher and um just put on a clinic on how to lose muskies um (laughs) we caught i think we caught three and lost five uh in the tournament um so that was a that was a kick in the balls but it was uh it was fun it was a good event it was you know then and there was a lot of fish moving around and again you you get to learn and see a a lot of different things that's awesome yeah no i'm looking forward to it how does it work oh go ahead nick sorry the uh like i know there's like an overall winner is that do you have to like catch a fish in every leg of the trail? It's all it's all based on you know how you finish in each event. So like the winner of each tournament, if you win a tournament, you get 160 points. And second place gets 159, third place gets 158. And so wherever you place, you get those points, plus like, like a, 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 a show you get like 10 points just for showing up. So you um, it's basically how you do throughout the tournaments. So you might not catch fish in one tournaments, but if you place high in two of the other tournaments, you can still be up there. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yep. So it all comes it all comes down to that. And it's uh, but, you know, it's gotten now where, you know, if you it's almost where if you don't catch a fish in every tournament, you're probably not going to make a run for team of the year. Um, there's some really good fishermen in it, man. That uh, um, last year, um, a guy, uh, Gus Manty and his brother, Max, Gus is a guide up in uh, Northeastern Wisconsin. He actually, uh, uh, I had one of his, the fish they caught at Vermilion on the Muskie Hunter Facebook Saturday. Um, so yesterday. And, um, the video of it and we video i videoed some stuff with him this morning at the the show he's got some really good he's he's he guides up there sucks fishing guide service up in northeast wisconsin vilas county he does um he films a lot and so we did some little intro like what he likes to do with baits him and clayton spieth um who also him and his partner uh, adam last year did really well in the tournament so we did, we filmed some of that this morning so it's going to be on some of the musky hunter socials um, over the next few weeks. Um, but he, uh, you know, you you almost have to catch fish. I mean, unless you, the only way not to do that is if it's just a really bad tournament year where there's just a low number of fish caught. Um, and you'll have those, you know, you'll, you'll have those, but, um, you pretty much have to get fish in all events. That's awesome. And, uh, I feel I feel pretty fortunate over here fishing with the X champ over here, winning the, he is uh, the top X gun. Champ. No. Yeah, top gun two when I look, in a row. Back to when back. I look at him, that's I, when I I don't even say his name anymore. I just say Top Gun. 
and uh, or or Maverick or Maverick. Give me an evil eye over here. <laughs> or Goose. Maybe he's Goose. No, Goose died, so it's not Goose. Maverick. <laughs> or is that black guy? It's Independence Day. My bad. Oh shit! Is this a stop sign? No, it was yield. <laughs> Since you since you brought up Gus and Max, we'll, we'll give a sh- driving this whole time. Yeah. Driving through the peninsula of Michigan. Tony's having a stroke. Yes, it's we're having a rough audio night here tonight. I don't know what's going on. Thanks a lot. Zoom. That's all right. Yeah, that's all right. Just to um, you put subtitles in it so people can't see them. <laughs> that would be even funnier. Um, I think what Ryan Ryan was getting at uh, Gus does the Muskies on Tap podcast we had them on a while ago they do a nice job they do he does a a great I've done it with him a couple times I I, that's what I was uh, the one time I was uh, I was there and I'm kind of not uh, I was drinking a, uh, a Coors Edge that's their non-alcoholic beer. And I was like, oh. Coors Edge. It takes you right to the edge of fun. And that's about it. It's uh, <laughs> about all it's good for. You get right to the edge of fun and then you just quit. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, you get right up there. You think, oh, this is going to be gr- This is not good. This is, this is not good. Um, but no. Those guys, that muskie's on tap. They do a great job. I just, I love these podcasts that are out there now. I, you know, and 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 people, you know, at the shows, um, you know, it, 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 it's a lot of fun. You know, a lot of guys are listening to them, and um, I love it. I love it. You know, we've been doing our um, muskie road rules podcast now, damn near five years, and uh, Tony's kind of retired from it because he's like, oh, he goes. As much as I fish anymore, all I can do is tell people what I did ten years ago, and I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. So, <laughs> it uh, it's mainly been just me here for the last six months, and that would de- that would describe the uh, the ratings drop. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, but it's it's fun. I love these podcast. You know the guys. You know all the guys doing podcasts. I think it's great. I and I think it's just another way for people to learn and. You know, shit. Everybody's you know driving to work and stuff. It's something great to listen to and, and and keep things going. You know, gives you a good excuse to run red lights. It does exactly. I think I have several tickets coming my way. Um, I uh, yeah, I'm not even for sure. I just luckily I've got the GPS and the truck on, so I can at least stay. I'm in Minnesota now, so I know that. Um, that's always good. I got. Four more out. Well, no, I got about five more hours to go. So at oh, about three, uh, 3.30 that night, I should be pulling into the house. So that's good. That's brutal, man. <laughs> yeah. those, those trips are absolutely brutal. You've been doing this for a long time, though. You're like a veteran oh. road warrior. Oh, there's nobody who's stayed in more shitty hotels or, <laughs> you know, eaten out of more gas station, you know, uh you know, I roller hot dogs than me, or you know, taking showers and truck stops. That's really fun. That's at least good stuff. At least up there, you can get like cheese curds in the gas station and stuff. A little you bit can of, quick yeah. trip, man. Yeah. Quick trip. 
chicken fingers from Quick Trip, man. I I love those things. Um, but yeah, no, I've broken down on every highway throughout the Midwest. Um, yeah, this I got to thinking. This is my 29th year, um, so damn near 30 years of uh, being a guide. I've been on the road. Uh, I've done the traveling stuff. Um, I can't say it was something that I started, but I know I was one of the first guys to do a lot of traveling. And um, I started traveling in 2001. So, so 20, 23 years on the road traveling, going to different lakes and states fishing. So, you, it's been you, a. You, you head up there like when their season opens in, what is that, June? Yeah, the way I'm doing it now is, I, you know, I, I was very fortunate enough to get a cabin up in the Northwest Angle on Lake of the Woods, and I, I still, you know, consider myself extremely fortunate to do that. And it was just got really lucky. And uh, what I do or what I'm doing is, you know, the the PMTs in Madison this year around the first of June. So I'll go up, and basically that'll be my transition week. So I'll just, you know, pack all my stuff with me and take it up fish the tournament and then continue my way on up to the angle and uh season up there doesn't start till the third saturday in june so it's usually like father's day weekend is when it starts greg with all this like going on your 30th year do you ever feel burnout do you feel you ever feel burnout no you know the only i mean i do get um I would say no, because I still really love it. I still, I'm not a guy that can set still. I don't like staying in the same place for very long. So I'm always been a mover. Um, As mom would say, you're always a runner. You've always been a runner. Um, uh, uh, She doesn't, she doesn't smoke. So she doesn't sound like that. Um, uh, Only cools. She only smokes cools. (laughs) Um, the, uh, 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 no, I'm not burnt out on any of that. I still love the fishing. I get burnt out on, um, I think I get burnt out on like patterns. Okay. So like, you know, doing something every day, doing the same thing every day, that's just not me. So I think that's why I like experimenting with stuff. Um, now if something's working, yeah. We'll, we'll do her, but I like stuff, you know, and I like to, to fish structure. I like to do, you know, I spent eight years in the summer in North Detroit fishing St. Clair. St. Clair to me, bottom line is the best muskie, you know, for catching muskies, St. Clair is hard to beat, right? It's just, it just got old but for me because it's just, it's the same thing every day. It's, it's groundhog's day. You know, it's, it's the same big water, open water um, stuff. And I just got, I got really burnt out on it. And that's why the Lake of the Woods thing, when I had a chance, I just jumped on it. Um, and cause you know, at the woods, it's like old school musky fishing. You're fishing rock reefs, weedy bays. And, and it, it's just really cool. I mean, not only is the fishing really cool, but just the whole scenery up there. Every time you go around the point or go through a channel, you're going to see, something cool rock formations wise or um hell in you know you know but uh, there's freaking some of the areas have freaking you know indian paintings on the rocks from fucking years ago and you know the animals you know the deer the the 
the bear, the eagles, the otter, you know, all that, you know, that stuff's really, really cool. And it, it makes for the whole experience, you know, and uh, I just, I really enjoy it. And so, no, I don't get burnt out on the fishing. I love, I love the fishing. I mean, that's, and I love taking people fishing and I love the challenge of figuring out how to catch somebody a fish. And cause I think that's part of being a guide. And so one thing I've learned is that, you know, it's not about if I catch anything, hell, I don't even, you know, most, most guide trips, I fish very little. Um, it's more about how to catch the guys with me a fish and, you know, everybody's skill level is different. You know, some guys are brand new into it. Some guys are, are better than I am at doing stuff. So it's all about skill level and, and figuring out how to, how on each day to catch those people, um, what baits, techniques, patterns are going to work for the guys I got in the boat with me that day. And, um, I think that makes a big, I, I like that kind of challenge. And, uh, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's at least, uh, at least like to, to give the effort at it. Um, the older I get, though, I will say, you know, fishing super late in the fall does not intrigue me as much as it used to. Um, just because after putting in a full year, it just, you know, you just beat up and uh, that. And I don't night fish near as much as I used to. You know, I, I night fished there for years, like like months on a, months after month of night fishing. And yeah, I just don't do that as much anymore. I, I love the visual. I love seeing the fish on the aid. Um, I don't mind night fishing for like an hour or two, but you know, hell on Malax, we were doing starting our day at, at five in the evening and not getting off the water till 5 a.m. So, you know, some pretty long, brutal nights. And we were doing that for months on end. So I just don't, I don't do that as much anymore. That's always like, Oh, sorry. Do you feel like, uh, night fishing can make that much of a difference or do you, Oh God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of the biggest fish there are eat after dark. I just, um, when we were on Mille Lacs, it was, it was so stupid. Those fish were so dumb. Um, if you could cast further than 20 feet, you could catch a big fish. Um, so did I just get flipped off by somebody there? Who is that? That's my wife. So oh, quite quite oh, possibly she did was, flip you off. I think she's not ready to she she's telling you to stucco this ceiling behind you. What the hell's going on? <laughs> she's there? bragging that she repaired the door lock in her car on her own. Well, that's I trust I would get an award for that. That's right. uh right. that's something I couldn't do. I, if that was me, I'd just get a bigger hammer, and uh, that that fixed it. That's what I said. Um, who needs door locks? You know, just who, tell- who needs who, who needs windows? Yeah, That's just be I friendly. Do. Yes, <laughs> tell, go out, go out there and look at that door lock and just say one word to her. You know what word it's going to be? Just just look at her and say Stocks. ugly, ugly, socks. Yeah, then here comes the hammer. Um, but the, uh, the, getting back to the night fishing, I, you know, night fishing to me is, I mean, there are so many big fish that get, can get caught after dark. I mean, listen, and, and, and just for that, well, you know, watch these, um, St. Lawrence guys late in the year, you know, uh, you know, the musky candy guys calling some of these fish that they've caught up there on the St. Lawrence after dark, super late in the year. Um, 
and some of that's to do with you know clear water and and what they're dealing with um and and, and you know again Malax, i've seen it all the minnesota you know every lake i've ever fished you know i i've fished and then i fished after dark we've caught fish on i don't care where it is those fish bite after dark it's just you know there are periods that you, you know, like on Malax, it was almost you had to fish after dark to get those fish to go. The day bites were just so brutal, and the uh, the you know you know where I'm at now in the woods, you don't have to. You know what I'm saying? You can catch those fish during the day. You can get shots. The other thing on the woods, man, is that right at dark when those mosquitoes come out, oh boy, they are brutal up there. So that surviving the mosquito is uh is not the easiest by any means but it's yeah you can catch fish after dark on every body of water i'm, I'm a firm believer in that i can't so, get my dad to get out there yeah. he's like as soon as the light sun goes down he's like time to go in that's why <laughs> i was, to go. I was getting so no, messed I, up staying up all night and then the whole next day oh, you're out you of get- whack oh you, you don't shit right it's all weird <laughs> i mean i when you're when you're when you're doing a, I mean it's literally it's like working a third shift job and that's what we were doing you know I was eating lunch at 1 a.m and uh it was just literally you're training yourself to do that and and it's just hard to do and you know after a while it's it's you know a night fishing catching catching fish after dark yeah it's great trust me because you can get some really nice fish but you know the only thing you see is the fish shaking its head at the boat I mean that's you know in the light um but you know, you can do it and you can get some, God, you can get some really, uh, really big fish doing it. It's just something that, um, yeah, I just don't do it as much anymore. I, I think I did burn myself out on that. Um, I don't mind to do it for, you know, an hour or so. I just don't want to stay out there all night. I've, I, you know, and then they will bite all night. I mean, hell, I've caught just as many fish after midnight as I have before midnight. I've caught just as many big fish. Um, from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. as I have from, you know, dark to midnight. So they, they'll they eat. It's just, uh, you know, getting your body used to that, you know, that schedule. Greg, I have a question that's a little, it's off the, not off the beaten path, but I am curious what you guys, uh, you'd mentioned still posting things with Muskie Hunter online. You guys still sure. doing like the Facebook, Instagram, what's your, what's your plans for, uh, for Muskie Hunter? You know, we tried the digital issue, and the problem is, is we just lost, you know, the advertising wasn't there to make it efficient. And trust me, no one's been called more four-letter words than I have uh, ever since this deal. But, you know, we're it's just trying to figure out a way to do it to make it cost-effective and, I think, deliver the information the way it should be delivered. And so the goal is right now... Uh, what I want to do by summer is everybody's still going to get their subscription honored, but I want to do it as a video, like a once a week video you get through like a YouTube subscription channel. Um, that's what I'm looking to do is I'm trying to gather as much video from, you know, all my reaches of people and as much educational stuff as I can find and deliver it that way. I think that's going to be the best and most effective way to do it. That's what it seems like YouTube is such a, you know, huge media now, like a huge format now. It seems like a, you know, good way to go. Yeah, and, and it just seems like a lot of people, um, even older people and, and, and 
you know, people of all ages, you know, the, the, the whole video aspect is what they're craving, you know, and, and I get it. It, 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 it is, it is nice to see. And I can just see it through our social medias, you know, through the views and stuff like that. It's, that's what, you know, that's what drives the eyes and, and, and drives people to, to look at stuff. So the goal is to actually create a, um, a subscription-based video service that we can deliver stuff to people on a weekly basis. And I think it's something that uh, guys will learn from and guys will really like. Um, and they'll plus they're going to get a little more content than they would through um, through a digital or, or a, you know, a, a written word background. And I think it would be there's some other things I want to do with it, too. I can't really say because I don't know if I can pull it off, but I, I think I can to some added benefit. Um, but I think it's something that that guys will really um they'll, they'll really dig and i think it'll be a great way for for me to kind of uh offer a platform for guys that are that are coming up maybe some younger guides and even older guides too you know um to offer them a platform to show themselves in a way that that might help them get some business it'll be a great way i think for for tackle and lure companies to expose their products um to more of a streamlined audience um you know, I mean, of course, it's going to be, you know, showing fish get caught. And there's going to be plenty of fish porn, but there's going to be some education with it, too. Right. Yeah, I think that's the that's the key. And that's always been ever since I've started this. I love the education part of all this and teaching guys, um, you know, or, or just, you know, showing people some of the stuff. That's why we started Muskie Road Rules 20 years ago. It's just to show people and pass on, you know, collective knowledge. And, you know, and, and that's what the tournaments have done for me over the years. You just you get to meet people, you get to fish different waters, you get to, you know, as I like to say, you get to get your ass kicked the first time you fish a water and you get to learn, OK, this is what I should have been doing, you know, should have been doing by the end of the tournament. You, and you, you learn patterns that are also applicable to bodies of water that you fish, you know, and uh, it really makes you a better fisherman. That's what I'll say, you know, as far as like the video content stuff goes, I think it was during the pandemic, like early days of the pandemic, you were doing like challenges on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. And that was one of the coolest things. Just seeing you like tweaking baits and. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed that. It's just, it took a lot of time. You know, I, of course oh, yeah. it was during the pandemic and I didn't, you know, I had nothing. I was just sitting there. I, uh, <laughs> the pandemic, you know, uh, the pandemic, I was just like, well, what can I do? And I, I started thinking about it and it was really fun. I'd like to get that going again and get some time to, to get that going again. Cause I, I love doing that, you know, making stuff up and trying to figure out how to catch a fish doing something, um, you know, a little, uh, a little different or, you know, I would love to do something like you're given like three components and you have to make a bait and catch a fish on it that day. I think that would be, something really cool yeah. um and just uh, just a fun a fun thing to do and, and see if you uh you get a fish because you know it, bottom line is you know we've got all the fancy baits we've got all the the stuff out there a lot of it comes down to not just the bait it comes down to you know how you you know how you fish the structure and the and the depth of the water you you fish it you know the the 
the depth of that bait is being positioned at in the water column has a lot to do with it. So, I, uh, is that all on your YouTube channel? It's Musky channel Hunter. Musky Hunter. Yeah, it's on the Musky yeah. Hunter YouTube channel. There's going to be a lot more stuff added to that here now that I'm getting a lot more content. I've really made it a priority this year. I just spent a lot of freaking money on uh, on new cameras. Uh, and I bought a new computer. I got this computer. I look like such a dork with this thing. Does I it had have a like the disco my- lights in it. Yes. <laughs> oh, this thing is. I mean, I look. I I literally look like I'm getting ready to um, land a spaceship. Um, <laughs> this thing. I had a buddy of mine build. He builds computers, and of course, he's telling me all this stuff. And I'm, you know, he's a computer nerd. I'm a. I I am not a computer nerd. My eyes are just rolling the back of my head. He's building this thing. So it's basically this big gaming computer. So it's got like these real high-end video cards in it. And so the problem was with this new video stuff, trying to export it and render these big video files takes forever. And, you know, my little Mac I had, this thing, I'd go to render a video and it'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to go make dinner, come back 25%. Uh, all right, let me go clean the garage, get back 60%. And this, I mean, it was taking hours to do this. So this new computer I had built, man, it does it really fast. I mean, I look so smart doing this and it, it, it uh, yeah, but it does glow. I just, I don't understand the glowing, um, or who even wants one to glow at them. But, uh, yeah, but I bought a bunch of new cameras. I bought new some new audio stuff. So now that I can really whack this stuff out, you know, I, I've got like 25 videos edited. Um, I can do them really quick. I, I, we did a bunch of stuff at the, at the show. I'm going to put that together this week. And so it'll be all going up on, you'll see it on a lot of the social media stuff. And um, it'll, uh, yeah, no, it's just more educational stuff for people and more for people to look at and, you know, scroll through on their phone while they're, you know, instead of taking a ma- bath, you know, a magazine to the bathroom anymore, everybody just scrolls on their phone. So, uh, just more stuff to look at while you're taking a shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all about. That. Exactly. That is so That's, accurate. That is the content that I try to make. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You got your five minute clip for the burrito morning and you got the, the two minute for the, you know, power dump. First, so. first, uh, first article: How to keep yourself regular on night fishing. <laughs> yes, exactly. How to <laughs> yeah eat? You know what? What should you put flaxseed in? Um, <laughs> that is uh, that is definitely it. Um, but no, it's uh, yeah. That that's that's where we're headed. That's what I'm doing. That's what I've been telling. You know, you know, kind of explaining it to everybody. It's just for me. You know, the, the whole thing is just me. So it's, it's, I want to do it. I want to have it ready to where when we launch it, it just keeps going. So it's, it's taken me a little bit, but we're, we're definitely going to get there. That's exciting. That is. It's super cool. Yeah. Super no, cool. it's, uh, it's, it's good. No, I'm really, uh, looking forward to it and, and stuff. It's just, you know, we live in an age now where, where stuff changes. You know, we got a lot of stuff, you know, everything's changing. Everything is, a, you know, we're in a constant thing of change. And, and, and I learned a long time, you can't fight change. You just got to 
you got to adapt and move on. And, you know, it's the, the whole deal with guys in this, you know, the, the forward facing sonars right now, you got your two camps of, you know, I hate it. I love it. You know, it's just, I don't know. You just don't want to be the, the old man yelling at the sun. You know, it's not gonna, you know, it's not going to go away. You just got to embrace it and, you know, figure out how to do it the right way. Well, at least I know where to send all my videos to now because I'm currently sitting here on this podcast waiting for a video to render. So, <laughs> Oh, it's awful. I just, <laughs> me and watching that little circle, I just want to, oh, God, if I was ever going to start a drug problem, that would be when I would start uh, yeah. <laughs> because it is just, it is awful. I but this thing now I can render like a 4k video, a one minute 4k video now takes under a minute. So yeah, that's pretty good. To like, yeah. to like export it. Yeah, no, this thing, I mean, I, you know, it might look like I'm landing a spaceship, but this, this damn thing goes fast. Um, so yeah, no, it's all good. I, I really like it. I, I think it's, uh, um, a good, uh, a good deal. And, and yeah, I mean, I'll put this out there, guys. I'm looking for video content. If guys want to send it to me, we'll use it on Muskie Hunter as long as it isn't, you know, um, too crazy. Uh, we'll use it on there. I'll take unedited stuff. I'll edit it. Um, yeah, you can just send it to me on Messenger, uh, email it to me through a Google Drive, any of that stuff. I will. I'm looking for content. I got a, I got a real good story from last year. I might send you a clip. Please. I, I got the uh, the Jace Plocky Leo coloring contest fish. That would be a good one no, for Muskie Hunter. I would love that. I would love that. I love that stuff. Um, yeah. No, that's that's exactly stuff I want to do. And 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 again, I just think it's stuff like that. People want to see people. Uh, I think it just makes it, it just makes for great stuff out there. And and I'm very fortunate to where I've got a. A, a big platform to show that, you know, and uh, I think it's good for everybody. It's just like um, for guys that are, you know, the you know fishing guides or, or, or whoever, lure manufacturers, if they want to do it, you know, get me some of the footage. I'll put it together and it'll be linked to your, you know, I'll link it to whatever you want me to link it to. So, yeah, I mean, that's 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 what I'm, you know, the direction that I'm moving into. That's awesome. Well, we're glad to hear it's still moving. Yeah, Guys. no, we are. It's just, it's not, it's not dead by any means. The brand is still there. We're still making stuff with it. And I think this is going to be a really good thing. I think once it gets going, people are really going to like it. I can already tell people like this stuff on the social media. Um, I'm adding probably 10 to 12 followers a day on our social media, which I think is pretty good. Um, you know, it's we're creeping up near twenty three, twenty four thousand now. So, um, yeah. So we're in the views are we're averaging three to five thousand views a day. So on everything we put up. So, it's uh it's going pretty good. That's great, man. Yeah. That's great to hear. So well, yeah, but I'm looking for content. I mean, get me, you know, get me stuff. I like I said, you can send it to. Muskie Hunter Mag M A G at Gmail through a Google Drive, and I can just pull it down and use it. And, you know, don't don't be afraid to send me emails, man. I can I can always use this stuff. That's awesome. Well, we're we're at the two hour mark. What else do you guys have for Greg? 
don't know. I think we should just do this more often. <laughs> Can I be a I could host? Please. We yeah. we offered this to you before. We could give you honorary hunk status if you're into it. I could be a hunk. I've been called a hunk of shit before. There you <laughs> go. I had that's like today. We were talking. These kids were all. I, I, I got Brad Hoppy's daughter, Mika, and one of Jeff Whitman from Team Rhino's kids to walk around and sell calendars for me this weekend. They were my workforce. Child labor laws are ruining this country because I think more children should be put to work. And, they yearn you know, they for the vines. That, yeah, they had, that, they, had that, uh, they had that look. They had that cute phase. You know, shit. I never had it. My cute phase was very short. Um, I did not have a long, cute phase. It was, uh, I mean, I definitely have a, uh, a face for paper bags. So it is, uh, yeah, I, I will, I will gladly be an honorary hunk of something. It could be worse. You could look like a, a lawn gnome with a red beard. But that is, that is great though. You have no idea. I mean, yeah, you, uh. You you have a look there that I I can't grow up a beard. It looks like I got the mange. I I, I literally <laughs> it does. It looks like I have some weird skin disease. And <laughs> I just it does not look good on me. Um, uh, yeah, it's no. I'm I'm good with the the and hell. I was like 26 before I could even grow facial hair. So and it's, I'm really bad at it. So there's there's that. But um, no, I would like, no, it's always fun, guys. I, I like doing this stuff. Um, yeah, anytime we can, uh, we can do her and, and uh, no, it'll be good. But let me uh, just here at the end, let me throw this out there, though. If anybody does want to go fishing, um, you can check out the website, battlethebeast.com. Um, it's not of, everybody wants to put an of in there. It's battlethebeast.com. And, Check out the, um, or you can go to muskyhunter.com. Check out the socials um, for Musky Hunter. I post more on so, uh, Musky Hunter socials than my, my own. I'm transitioning to a lot over to that just because more eyeballs and, and stuff. Um, and then also, if you, you, know, you want to go fishing, you can always uh, call or text me, um, 606 Nine. It's written on several urinals between here and the various places I fish. Uh, I always carry a Sharpie with me when I go to the bathroom because, you know, you're, I mean, why not? For a good time, Cole. For a good time, I mean, I like, I mean, I love a good art, you know, uh, arcane, uh, you know, an arcanian penis on the wall. I think that is I think that is just I think those are just great. And then I really like to write political political commentary too. I just that's how I that's how I shape my opinion on presidential candidates. You know, what do I read? What do I read at uh a, you know the BP gas station in Hammond, Indiana? That's where I get my uh that's where I really get my political opinions from. Uh, so that actually is the original Facebook. Uh, that's that's where it started. Is in the uh, the. I always wonder who brings a fucking marker to the bathroom with them. You know, who are these people? <laughs> they're taking a shit, and they're like, you know what? I think people should, uh, 
you know what? I'm really good at drawing dicks. I'm just going to draw one right here. Yep, that's what I'm going to do. It's, this yeah, looks like a classifieds ad section. Exactly. It's a, this is how Backpage got started. Um, it's, uh, yeah, no, it's, I do not understand that. But I used to take pictures of them on my, I used to have a whole folder on my phone of like stuff I've seen in bathrooms. Uh, <laughs> now you're on a watch list. Yeah, yeah, now I'm on a watch list. Yeah, things I see in the bathroom. Don't, yeah, you take one picture over the stall with your phone and get caught. People label you. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> people, your picture will end up somewhere. Let me tell you, don't do that. Uh, oh. There you go. I'm not even sure how to recover from that. That was uh, it's words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Children, this is what I've learned on living on the road. Yeah, don't eat a don't eat a tornado that stops spinning. Uh, and don't um, yeah, don't take a marker to the bathroom. Uh, it's never, it never ends up good. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, I got a couple titles out of this one. I'm not sure which one to use yet. <laughs> oh, God, please, please pick a good one. It'll make me laugh. Oh, but uh, no, guys, it's always fun. And uh, uh, yeah, anytime I'll uh, and seriously about the video stuff, you know, Ryan, if you got anything when we're at Pittsburgh, I'll have my computer there. You can just we can save some stuff on my on a drive, and or if anybody coming there's got some good stuff, I'll have my computer and a drive with me. I'll be glad to, you know, take some of it. I'll definitely Perfect. I'll definitely give you what I have. It's not much, but I got at least one good story. So, yeah, no, any of that stuff. I mean, I know you do a lot of you've done a lot of trolling with uh, with Todd stuff, haven't you? Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the, the one thing I've done. Yeah, the Leo stuff. I've seen you put up a lot of some nice pictures with that. If you've got any of that on video, um, stuff like that's great. I got a bunch of go. I got a bunch of content for you then if you want the Leo stuff. Ryan Reed, yeah, no, free, I mean, it, freelance musky yeah. hunter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think it would be great. And it's stuff that, you know, let's face it, the Leo stuff for guys in the Midwest, they've never seen it, you know. Because it is a, you know, most of those guys haven't, you know, Todd hasn't been out to those shows in a long time. Um, so I think it might be, yeah, I mean, stuff like that's great. I mean, you, you know, that's something I run into all the time is I've got this stuff that, you know, like a bunch of Wiley stuff. I'm like, well, shit, everybody's seen fish on Wiley lures. Well, they haven't, you know, it's, there's so much regional stuff out there that, that people in other areas don't get exposed to. And I think that's something we have to do. Uh, I think it helps everybody. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So, well, Greg, it's this but, has been a blast, man. Well, good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, yeah. It's 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 definitely made the two hours of driving through the middle of nowhere. Uh, not now. I'm literally on a straight road uh, with swamp on both sides. So I'm in Minnesota. <laughs> I'm in Minnesota right now. This is nice. This is some good stuff right here. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, guys, no, anytime. It was a pleasure. And uh, I'll probably see you guys up at uh, up at the Max. Oh, definitely. Sounds good, man. Hey, be yeah. safe for the rest of your travels there. Oh, I will. I will. I got a Celsius orange here and uh, a can-do attitude. 
I think I can do that. So, <laughs> so I'm ready. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming right. on, Greg. This has been great. Thank you. All right. All right. Thanks, Thank guys. you, guys. All right, I'll see you at the max. See you guys. Bye-bye. I had to shake him on my last case. Big O don't play.